Welcome to Girl Meets 30, a podcast exploring the unexpected journey to becoming a 30-something. Hi, I'm your host, Tara, here to share experiences from my 20s that have changed my life, while also interviewing others about their journeys. Through these conversations, I hope to inspire you to choose your best life and to prove you're not alone if you're feeling like life has taken you somewhere totally different than where you expected. In this space, we define our own success. Happy Monday, guys. I am super excited because today is going to be a little bit different. Today, we get to welcome our very first guest, a friend of mine that I met a little over 10 years ago during our first summer as college kids working at an amusement park. So, without further ado, meet Rachel, a fellow almost 30-something. Rachel, why don't you share a little about yourself? Hi, everyone, and hi, Tara. Thanks so much for having me. I am a huge podcast fan, and I love your podcast, and I'm so excited about this new creative venture for you. Um, So, a little bit about me. My name is Rachel. I am 29. I will be 30 in September. Um, My day job is I am a middle school language arts teacher. I've been teaching for eight years. I um, live near my hometown now in Cleveland, Ohio, which I never expected I would move back to Cleveland. Um, I like to travel. I'm a reader, a tea drinker, a yogi, and a writer. I love that. Yeah, I feel like we have so much in common, which is perfect, (laughs) but... Um, yeah, Rachel's actually the reason that I ended up going to China. So that's a it's pretty pretty cool. And the fact that we met like ten years ago and it grew into this beautiful friendship is it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. But it's also one of the things you have to look forward to as you get older, right? Yeah, like building those amazingly strong like long term friendships. Right. And even if you go, you know, periods of time without seeing each other, you know, like you're still gonna talk and be close, which is nice. Yes. Absolutely. Halfway around the world. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. All right. So as you guys know, we usually start off each episode sharing some gratitude. So I'll start by sharing some of the highlights from others this week who responded on Instagram, like uh, one of my good friends from college, James. I love his response because it's truly a beautiful one. He said, I'm grateful for a life of growth and peace. That's beautiful. It is so beautiful. It hit me. James, man. I I love it. What more could a person ask for? Like, that is, that's, man, that's good. Really good. Good stuff. So thank you so much for sharing your gratitude this week, James. And I hope that kind of lifts everyone else to just kind of start to think that way, too, about your life. Yeah. Just have that gratitude for growing and changing and, I don't know, finding peace in that. Right. Yeah. So beautiful. Well said, James. Thank you. But that brings us to our guest, Rachel. You can share next. What are you grateful for this week or what's brought you joy? Um, Well, I'm going to say two things, if that's okay. The first is obviously you have been visiting my partner and I for the past four days. And that has brought a lot of joy. And it's been a lot of fun to just do creative projects together and hang out. And Michael, my partner, really likes you and gets along with you, which is awesome. But I'm going to sm- share another small piece of gratitude, and that's the fact that we just found out there's going to be a snow day tomorrow. Woo-hoo. So I'm a teacher, and it's currently uh, a day off, and tomorrow will be another day off, and I'm very excited. Yeah, so if you guys couldn't tell, we're actually recording this a little bit ahead of schedule. In general, that makes sense, right? I have to have time to edit these episodes. Yeah. So it's actually Martin Luther King Day right now, so we're about a week ahead of you guys. But 
uh, yeah, that explains that gratitude. I think a lot of people are probably grateful for having that long weekend, and now yours has gotten even longer. So happy. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Okay, so for me, I'm grateful for the snowstorm as well. It's allowed us to just kind of chill and enjoy just the beauty of it. I'm a huge snow fan, so that in general just brings me a lot of happiness. But also... Um, I'm really grateful to, this is kind of similar to what Rachel had said, I'm really grateful just to have people in my life that don't mind if I come and visit and stay for a while. So it's been really nice. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be leaving. Well, originally I was going to leave today and now it's probably going to be probably going to be Wednesday. It'll probably be Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) But it's obviously you and Michael that are both letting me stay here. But um, as you said, Michael and I get along pretty well, which is awesome. Love that. Thank you so much. Of course. It's been great. And that wraps up our Monday moment of gratitude. But don't forget to head on over to the sticker on my IG stories and share what you've been grateful for in the past week. So today we are going to get in deep and just start talking about some of the common concerns about turning 30 and considering some of the ways we can overcome these concerns or look at them in a way that isn't so anxiety inducing. Definitely. So overall, one of the biggest things that I think uh, is, is a concern, I guess, at this point is just the very simple question, where am I supposed to be? Yes. Yeah. It kills me, I think, sometimes. I think about it too much, and then I start to stress that, like, I'm not in the right place, and I start to think about the perfectionist self I was, like, 10 years ago, and where I imagined I would be, where my quote-unquote perfect life would be that just kind of ticked all the boxes. Mm. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes it's hard as you get older when you envision yourself where you thought you'd be in your future versus where you are. It's hard to reprogram that. But I think realistically, it's important to understand that our lives can change so drastically. And sometimes you you can't even look at that old plan. It's completely irrelevant. Right. And so it's important to, I think, give yourself a little grace in that if you're stuck on that, you know, but also just knowing that like it's your life and you have to roll with the punches, but also this is your chance to create a new plan, something that that serves you and where you're currently at in your life. Yeah, I can I can absolutely relate to that. Um, If you had told me in college that I'd be 29 and not married and not have kids, I would have not believed you at all. Um. But my life has definitely taken some unconventional twists and turns like like yours has. Um, I have lived abroad uh, in two different places for a total of four years teaching. Um, both really different experiences, both really great in their own ways, both had their own challenges. Um, and then obviously I um, have been dating my partner for about three years. Um, so yeah, I just, I never really expected this life and it's, it's great, but I agree kind of taking off the pressure is something that I'm trying to work on. Yeah. I think that it's so, it's so easy to, to think about what you were supposed to do, Yeah, you know, and then to just be hard on yourself for that. But every single person's journey is so different and you can't expect what's going to happen that shaped you into the person you are now, you know? It's like that saying, like, tell God your plans and he'll laugh. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, Yeah, because 
I mean, it's one thing to be a planner. I like planning things, but if it gets in your way of, I don't know, honestly rolling with the punches, then mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I feel like that's something you have to kind of reassess about yourself. And that's something I think even travel taught me. And that'll, you know, we can talk about that in a totally different episode. But traveling, you realize that you can plan and plan and plan a trip, but sometimes things are just out of your control. Mm-hmm. And so on a small scale, it's very similar to like your life, you know, like you can plan your whole future, but you can't actually control it, you know? Totally. Can I jump in and share a concern that I have about turning 30? Absolutely. Um, So I think about the older I get, um, just my parents aging. And especially now that I live five minutes from them and um, I go over and see them at least once a week, I just think about how they're getting older. And, you know, it's just me. I um, had a brother. He passed a few years ago. So it's just me. And I think... I worry about that, about, you know, my parents and then also Michael's parents and just our family members that are getting older. Yeah, I think that's something that's really hard to, to deal with. It's something we obviously all have to have to deal with. But I don't know. I What kind of, like, thoughts do you have on, I don't know, approaching that in some kind of positive twist, you know? Well, I definitely am glad that I'm closer. Um when I lived in Hong Kong, my grandpa passed away. That was hard because I wasn't able to be physically with my family because yeah. of COVID. I couldn't leave Hong Kong. Um, but being closer is nice. And also just the older I've gotten, the more financial stability I've had. So that has helped with knowing I can help my family and, you know, have more resources than I did at like 22. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something that I think about too. and something that motivates me to try to save money in a certain way. It's just, you know, being able to help out where I can. And knowing that I have more ability to do that than ever before. I think that's a really good point. And yeah, I was in a similar situation to you um, that you were in with your grandfather. It wasn't during COVID for me, but my grandma passed away when I was in China and I couldn't return because I had sent off my visa to get renewed. So I didn't have I my passport that. and I yeah, couldn't leave the country and there was no way for them to like expedite it and get it back to me so I could be there. These are things like you don't think about when you're living abroad and it's like really amazing and like fun and sexy but then when these things happen it's like oh I can't get home like I'm especially with COVID that's a whole other thing but yeah that's that's so hard it is it's it's not easy to deal with I mean I was lucky in in that situation where my grandma she did a video call with me oh and she, I like, I apologized so much to her for not being able to make it back. And she said one of the nicest things like ever. And she just said that I shouldn't have any regrets about that. She's so proud of me. And like, I've, mm. you know, she's like, you should, you should just keep doing what you're doing, living your life. You're doing amazing things. And like, I don't know, that was such a beautiful last conversation to like have with her. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that also kind of puts things into perspective too, because she went on to talk about how she was just ready, you know? Yeah. She had been ready for years since my grandfather had passed, but I don't know. It's still hard for the people on the outside, you know, no matter how ready that person is. But I think that that's comforting in a way too, is that like, yeah, our, our families are getting older, but in the case that they're just getting older and you know, what happens when the life cycle happens, you hope that most people feel the way my grandma did where you're at the point where you're like it's okay you know yeah I don't know it's not easy none of it's easy at all but I also think that you have the opportunity as you get older to connect with your parents and your grandparents in like a totally different way because you can connect with them as an adult and that whole relationship is like entirely different you know yeah it's more of a set of like 
constantly asking my mom for advice. It's more like we're sharing like, oh, what did we do? Because we're, you know, I'm getting older and I'm like, oh, this is what I'm cooking. This is like an activity that I'm doing. Do you want to take this cooking class together? We like to take art classes together. Um, Where when I was younger, it was definitely, there was definitely conflict sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely relate. I think it's, I think it's normal to have that kind of conflict when you're young and you're kind of learning how to have independent thoughts. Right. And that conflict just kind of goes crazy. We (laughs) we hope that by the time we get older that we have, you know, learned to communicate better with our parents or that our relationships are more mature. Absolutely. That's that's a beautiful thing, too, to think about. Um, I guess some other concerns that might be pretty common would be, like, (laughs) our relationship status. You know, are you single? Are you married? Are you unmarried? Are you divorced? Do you have children? Ugh, I feel that so hard. And that whole thing could be, like, several episodes. I feel like you could talk about that. But um, The dating anxiety in my early 20s, too. I mean, you were there (laughs) for it. And then it's like, now it's a different kind of anxiety now that I've had a partner for a few years people are like so when are you guys getting married when are you taking that next step and it's like you got to find a nice way to say like say like it's not any of your business yeah you know yeah that's true no it it isn't anyone else's business and I think that I don't know I think that our generation's getting better about it I don't know how you feel as somebody who's actually in a relationship because I'm single so nobody really asks me that question (laughs) but I I in general feel like our generations a little more respectful of those kinds of things yes I agree it's um it's definitely you know pressure or comments from older people usually Mm -hmm. especially like about kids and then this is a whole other topic but you know comments and pressure on women's fertility yes um that's a big because if it all goes downhill after 35 and obviously those are not my words I'm just that's what has been said to me and I'm almost 30 and I'm not married then what's going to happen and it's just a lot of pressure as someone who does want to have kids it's just a lot. Yeah. No, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I think, like I said, I think it's nice that our generation seems to be a little bit more understanding about that kind of thing and understanding that, like, fertility is an issue. And mm-hmm. it's something that not everybody is just, like, blessed with easily being able to fall pregnant. Ugh, and I know. I've had quite a few friends who've had some fertility issues. And, yeah, it's like you think it's so easy to get pregnant, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. So, Tara, let me ask you, do you feel pressure from, like, friends or family? Like, when are you getting married? Are you getting married? The whole kids thing. As a single woman, almost 30, you know, do you feel that pressure? I do think that in some ways, maybe a little bit, but I don't think as much as maybe other people who are my age. And that's probably because I am very open about the fact that I don't plan on getting married, and I never really have. Yeah. And I've also never planned on having kids. Like, I remember being seven years old and knowing at seven I didn't want to have kids. And so I, I do love kids. Like, right, kids are wonderful. <laughs> I'd love to. You're a teacher. <laughs> I know. I'm a teacher. I'd love to, like, adopt or something. That would be totally fine. But I don't have any desire to procreate. And it <laughs> sounds so, I don't know, scientific. It's It's, like, yeah, I feel very detached from it somehow. But no, it's just it's not it's not something that's of major interest to me. And I don't know, I think that because I've said that so much, and even in my adult life, I've said it because I remember when my sister-in-law had her first kid, so my very first nephew, um, <laughs> I had said something in the hospital about how I wasn't going to have kids. And I was 18 or 19. Wow. And my mom was like, what? <laughs> like, hold the phone. What do you mean? And I was like, 
you've known this. I've said this since I was a kid. And she said, yeah, but I hadn't heard you say it as an adult. I didn't know you still felt that way. I don't know. Sometimes kids just know things, you know? A hundred percent agree. So I don't know. Um, I don't feel like I feel as much pressure maybe as other people do, but I do get annoyed with the question because I feel like it's insensitive. It is. I feel like it's very insensitive and it's just not the societal norm necessarily anymore to just like pair off, settle down, have children. Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm like, why didn't you ask me about my career or something else, you know? My hobbies and interests. Yeah. Ask me about who I am as a person. I don't know. Ask me about my family even. And like, you know, if you haven't seen me in a long time, I don't know. But, like, why you got to jump to me, like, having kids and getting married? Yeah. There's yeah. definitely more to your identity than that. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel the same way. And it makes me wonder, like, do guys have to deal with this all the time? Do they get you the constant question? The patriarchy. Like, when are you getting married? Yeah. Do you have kids? Yeah. <laughs> are you having kids soon? When are you going to have them? Because, yeah, that is a very common thing for women. And I think what you said, it just really hit me hard that, like, there's more to our identity to that. Totally. Which I fully agree with. But then I started thinking people asking that question primarily to women is kind of an it's indicator of how, of how society has been for such a long time. And I think sometimes people just go through the motions and they don't really think about it, what they're doing and, like, what it's implying. But that is very, like, it does feel very directed towards women and even in um when you were introducing me i shared i said my day job is i'm a teacher i didn't i'm trying to detach like teaching as my whole identity because i do love it i am good at it i have a lot of passion for it but i'm trying one of the the things i'm working on is realizing like that's just not all of me i'm not just a teacher i'm also you know a daughter a, a friend a girlfriend a reader a yogi a writer even if i'm just writing in my journal i'm still a writer so it's kind of like taking that ownership um, and not just kind of keeping myself in a small box. And yeah. same with, you know, well, I'm single, I'm married, I'm a mother, I'm not a mother, right? Yeah, I I love that. I really do. I think that's like super powerful. For example, like you said, it's my day job, right? I'm so much more than that. And I don't think that, I don't think that we tend to approach things like that necessarily. I guess it did get me thinking about another thing that may be a concern in your 20s that is less of a concern now that you're 30. So one of the benefits is that you're career focused, but not career focused, right? Like when you're starting out, you have to be like full on in the work zone, right? Hustle mode. Hustle mode. Yeah. And you can still do that in your 30s, but you also appreciate balance a whole lot more, I think. I agree with that And like you said, it's not your identity anymore. It's not your only identity, right? It's just a part of who you are. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of things I think that we could go on to talk about, like skincare, hair care, general health and wellness. The Personal con- style. Personal style. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, there's lots of things that you can talk about as like things that maybe you were concerned about before, things that are growing and developing as you become 30, um, ways to kind of, I guess, feel good about being 30. And I think that could be broken up into multiple different sections throughout various episodes in the future. But um, I think that's where we're going to leave that part for now because we've got a few other things that we want to talk about with you guys. So um, I would love to hear from all of you, though, what are some of your biggest concerns about turning 30? We can bring those into future episodes. And can you relate to any of the things that Rachel and I mentioned? So feel free to reach out via Instagram. You can find me at girlmeets30 and just share your thoughts and opinions with me. So 
So I just wanted to take a quick moment, do a very quick segment talking about some highlights from 2021. I know times have been hard. I know that all of us had really big, exciting goals for 2021, thinking that it was going to kick 2020s, but things were going to be totally different. And obviously, it was kind of more of the same. Yeah. But I still think that it's, <laughs> it's so important to still take a look at that mess of a year and just like, you know, reflect on what good came of it. What did we do personally in our lives? Maybe not the world as a whole, but right. personally in our lives, what positives can we take away from it? So um, why don't you go ahead and start us off, Rachel? What were some of your favorite parts of 2021? Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to acknowledge that this year was harder than any of us anticipated. And that kind of got me thinking into my goals for this year, since unfortunately the pandemic is still here. Um, but some highlights I had for 2021. Um, so I lived in Hong Kong for half the year. Um, I moved there in July 2020. Yes, I moved to Asia during the height of the <laughs> pandemic. And I moved back to America in um, June 2021. So being there, all of the amazing experiences I had, um, really just the life that I built for myself in a year, I'm really proud of and was amazing. Um, one thing I did want to highlight was I took a lot of art classes and I got really into art journaling kind of as a way of art therapy. And I've never considered myself an artistic person. And honestly, I still wouldn't. I would say I'm more creative. But um, I did a lot of collage, a lot of journaling, some bookmaking. That was really, really fun. Uh, I could do whatever I wanted. You know, I was by myself there and had time to really explore my hobbies. Um, I would say another highlight of 2021 was moving in with my partner. There have been ups and downs for sure, as neither of us have ever lived with a significant other before, but it's been really nice to just have him here and have a roommate that you care so deeply about and that will, you know, help so much around the house. And it's just, it's overall been really nice. And then finally, as I was thinking about highlights, um, I'm a really big traveler. And when I was first kind of brainstorming, I was thinking, you know, normally travels on my list, but I didn't really travel anywhere this year besides the obvious of moving to a new country. But I kind of realized that I have traveled quite a few places, uh, obviously most of it domestic. I went to Florida. We did a Cedar Point reunion trip. Um, I went to Cape Cod and Boston. I went to Utah to visit my aunt. And I actually ended the year on a cruise. So I definitely did find a way to travel. And that is great and always fills my soul. Yeah, that's I love that. I love all of those things because I feel like a lot of my positive reflections from the year were very similar. Like, I love that you were finding a way to, you know, creatively mm. express yourself. And that was something that definitely happened for me, too, in 2021. I feel like it began at the end of 2020, and I actually managed to turn it into a business for 2021. Yes. So that was really cool. Just a little side hustle for a while and something I'm continuing to grow. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from that for me was it actually taught me that this is something that I can like pursue and actually make an income. And I'm just really, really pumped about that part. But also, I think similarly, just visiting with a lot of old friends, taking those trips. Like you said, we had that reunion trip, which was really awesome. I ended up going to nine different states. I was in Florida, North Carolina. I was in Tennessee, Kentucky. I went to, obviously, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Texas, Texas. <laughs> uh, California. Is that it? I, I stopped counting, but there weren't nine. And then also went to the Bahamas on a cruise. Right. So, yeah. Not I, together, unfortunately. It's funny. But... <laughs> different different cruises. But, yeah, we, we had very similar 
experiences. And I was in Florida and Georgia twice this year. So yeah, I did quite a bit of traveling and went to Chicago quite a few times as well. So that was really nice. And it just kind of taught me that I can safely travel during the pandemic. It just looks different. Yeah, it looks different, but it's still safe. It's still a getaway. There was only one place I went that I didn't feel safe and I'm not going to go back to that place. Where was that? Myrtle Beach. Oh, just like tons of people not masked in. Yeah, and there was no social distancing anywhere. Like restaurants were, they were seating as many people. You know, I think a lot of people now when they're understaffed, they just don't sit as many people. They don't fill the tables. Right, but it wasn't always like that. Yeah, and they weren't doing that. They were filling the tables and every single meal was a nightmare. We weren't like fed for hours (laughs) and we were stuck in this crowd of people. That's an immediate no. It was (laughs) terrible. But it was like, where else were we going to go? every single restaurant was like that so I mean we could have gone to a store I guess and made something in the Airbnb but we were traveling with a bunch of kids and I don't know it was it was terrible (laughs) I don't plan on going back but anyway (laughs) so what are your highlights yeah so obviously the travel are my highlights and I think the other big thing like I said would be like my art business and like I said I think that it teaching me that this is actually like a path that I can take is really, really huge. It just provided me, I think, with the the courage that I need to just like keep moving forward. Yes. So it certainly has given me a lot more confidence than I expected it to. So that's really good. Yeah. So that's all for 2021. But now we're going to move on to talking about 2022, our goals, and what that means when we're turning 30. So we just did this amazing vision board workshop that was surprisingly really high quality. It was amazing. It was so good. Rachel found it and I'm so glad that we went to it. I ended up driving over to Cleveland and then we met like in the middle of Ohio, (laughs) Lorraine, to uh, (laughs) Ohio, the middle of Lake Erie, I should say. Basically, yeah. Yeah. West side. (laughs) West side of Cleveland. But you definitely think that they could have charged more. Yeah. So um, just in case anyone is interested, the group was called the Beauty Boost and they have chapters or groups in like a bunch of different cities. They have it in Columbus, Cincinnati. I think they've got one in Chicago. This was my first event with them. I just found them on Instagram. And yeah, it was a vision board workshop. That's pretty much all we were told. It was pretty inexpensive. And we're like, okay, I'm like, okay, I know Tara will want to do this with me. Um, And it ended up being really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. They had it divided up into, they had like a whole whole itinerary, a whole plan, a whole program. Program. Yeah. And they had it broken up into all these different parts where it wasn't just a vision board workshop, which is what I thought it was when we were going into it. So it was pretty cool. And everything was like women run. So all of the businesses, all the speakers, the coaches all the financial advice everything was by women it was super empowering I think it was it was so they had yeah they had different coaching sessions which was cool they had some a goal setting one a money one um a confidence one they had little booths where you could go check out different vendors basically and some of them were doing like um like little crafts or activities some were selling things some were just talking some were doing all of the above It was great. Yeah, it was really cool. And they had all these, like, nice snacks and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, it was was cool. I think that there were quite a few moments 
that kind of hit me that were like pretty powerful that I really got a lot out of. What was one of the things that you think like hit you most or was most powerful? So I enjoyed the coaching aspect. The audio or the acoustics were not the best <laughs> in the room that we were that in. Terrible. So to be honest, we couldn't really hear everything. But I really, um, you know, they talked about limiting beliefs and, and kind of like your mindset, which I appreciated. But I think my favorite part was having just a group of, there were five women total. Obviously, I only knew Tara, and we just were able to, like, talk and connect. And I guess feeling that community, because we haven't really felt that with COVID. Um, even my, a lot of my meetings at school right now are virtual, even though we're in the building. Um, it just felt really nice. I enjoyed kind of meeting new people and talking to people. Yeah, I love that. That's super sweet because, I mean, that wasn't what I said, but that is definitely something that I obviously relate to. I feel like you're right with the pandemic. We spend so much of our time having virtual meetings and conversations with everyone that it's just nice to to be around people, first of all, but also to meet new people because right. we really don't get to do a lot of that anymore yeah Yeah. um for me I guess like my probably my favorite part was the one coach who was talking about envisioning yourself like 10 years ago envisioning yourself five years ago one year ago and then one year from now that was like major for me I think I think it was powerful for me to kind of go back and and have a conversation of sorts with myself 10 years ago and five years ago and just kind of see the person like five years ago is definitely someone that is a lot more more like me now and had a lot more I guess confidence in general but like the 10 year ago me was like super afraid of like everything yeah that's interesting when I thought of myself five years ago that was in 2017 which I was having had a very hard time a really bad breakup and just was in a really bad mental space in 2017 so when I just thought about that compared to where I am now or where I was last year even two years ago I just I felt a lot of pride yeah, that's Which good. Cool. That's I think that was kind of what I got out of it too is like feeling very proud of that journey right, that we've been on and how we've gotten where we are now. And I think it was good that she did it in that way because it led into thinking about yourself a year from now. Right. So if you've been able to like build up that pride that you're feeling about who you've become over the last 10 years and you can see like I am on a a path of growth and then think about what you're going to be like a year from now. I don't know. I mean, for me, it was really powerful to think about who I'm going to be a year from now and then take that that version of myself that I see and the things I've accomplished in that time period. And then for me to try to realistically map out how I go about achieving those things. So to work backwards from that goal and say like, what am I going to do in the next three months, six months, nine months? 12 months to become that person that I envisioned myself as. Absolutely. So that was really cool. I love that. It was a cool exercise. So I encourage you guys to maybe try to do the same. Just imagine yourself at various stages of your life and what would you say to yourself? What was that version of yourself worried about? How do you want to see yourself? And like think about those steps, I guess, along the way and how you get there. And also just like really also got me thinking about creating habits and stuff to get me to become that person to keep progressing that would be a really good episode talking about like daily habits and it's already in the in the works in the works (laughs) yeah definitely something I'm planning for sure um but that all being said I figured we could talk a little bit about our personal plans for 2022 as we kind of wrap up this episode So I figured we could break this up into personal goals and professional goals and also just 
health and wellness kind of goals. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, perfect. So why don't we just go ahead and start off with maybe our personal goals. Would you like to go first? Sure. Um, So I'm a big fan of making like a word of the year and kind Mm. of having that like be my focus. So my word of the year is actually joy, which is um, I chose it because I think things have been really hard, especially in education and teaching and just how I can tell my students are feeling and their families. And, you know, I I often think, how can I bring joyful energy into the classroom, even when we're doing hard work, even if we're talking about sad things, even Mm -hmm. if we're feeling negative, including me, you know, how can I be joyful? So my personal goal is quite joyful and it's fun. And I want to do some memory keeping this year. So yeah, um, what I mean by that is I want to make some photo books or scrapbooks of, you know, my time in Hong Kong. I'd like to go back to when I lived in Georgia and do some work with that. I want to just kind of be more creative. There's a lot of things you can do digitally on your iPad. I'm really into iPad planning and just kind of keeping track of what I'm doing. So that's a joyful goal I have. I love that. That makes me really happy. Um, I feel like that's definitely something that I should do more of. You know, way back in the day, we both used to blog. Yes. And that, for me, was a great way of documenting things. Yeah, we're retired (laughs) bloggers. But that was something that I I feel like it was a really good way of documenting my life, you know? And sometimes I I look back and I feel like I wish that I kept it up just so that I had that documentation, you know? Yeah. I think that about once a month, I seriously think about starting it up. But unfortunately, with being a teacher and the type of vlogging that I was doing, if you know, you know, (laughs) I would not want to do now. Um, but yeah, I agree. So, so I guess I could look at it as kind of like doing my own personal blogging and journaling and recording memories. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great goal for me, I guess for personal goals, I, I really want to focus on my language skills. I want to keep building those. So that's just one of my favorite things to do in general, but to actually like kind of set a goal and not do it as relaxed, I think will help me, I guess, make more progress. So I do want to have a daily language habit of doing at least 15 minutes of language learning. Now, I haven't chosen to do one language. I really, I don't know, I think that would almost take the fun out of it for me to just How many languages are you currently learning? um, Well, okay, so I speak quite a bit of French. I speak an okay amount of Mandarin. Like, I'm probably really rusty in Mandarin, though. And then um, for learning and having fun, I'm learning Esperanto, which I'm not (laughs) even going to get into right now. Um, but I'm learning Esperanto. I'm also learning a little bit of Spanish. I'm learning Italian. I'm learning Romanian and Russian. Wow. Yeah. And I can just speak English and a little bit of French. It's so much fun, though. I, just, <laughs> I have so much fun with it. And that's why I like Esperanto so much, because it's like a it's like a game. So as I like learn all of these other bits and pieces of different languages, I can kind of plug them into Esperanto, and it helps me like guess what things mean. It helps me really pick it up very quickly. But it's also meant to be an incredibly easy language to learn. Yeah. Well, it's good for your brain. It's fun. Exactly. It's a brain exercise, and I really love it. But I also want to make sure that instead of just like playing games or studying flashcards or something that I'm also like listening to music watching tv shows in different languages listening to podcasts in different languages and those things I've done pretty well with in the past but I should also pick up like my reading and also continuing my classes on italki because I don't do a whole lot of that but they're like one-on-one classes where you can just converse with somebody who natively or fluently speaks that language wow never heard of that I've done it in French a few times and 
at the end of the day, I am exhausted. Oh, like, I bet. it burns me out. My brain is just so tired because it's a full, like, 30 minutes or an hour, depending on the length of your class, of, like, complete other language. You're fully, like, fully immersed in, in that other language. And it's it's a lot of extra brain work to think in another language. But it's fun. I really like That's it. That's awesome. It's super fun. But I do need to do more of it, so... That's a goal for the year. Well, I guess we didn't really talk about it, but how are these things affected by turning 30, if at all? I think just the older I get, the more I want to remember my life and the small moments too. You know, I have a dear friend who's in her early 40s, actually, that she just takes pictures of everything. Shout out to my friend Carrie. And I kind of want to be like that. You know, she has pictures of everything and, and I love that. So she can just look back on her memories. That's awesome. Yeah, I know a few friends who are, like, really good at documenting everything, and I'm terrible at it. I'm the worst at that. (laughs) I'm terrible at it. Um, But what about professional goals, then? Let's go ahead and move on to those, because my personal goals probably aren't very affected by turning 30. Yeah, so my professional goal is actually very much affected by my age and kind of experience. So I've been a teacher for eight years. I'm at a new school this year. I love it. So I'm kind of thinking what my next step will be. And I've always seen myself eventually as a college professor um, teaching, you know, literacy or middle grades education or something like that. So my goal for this year with the encouragement from my parents, specifically my dad, is to research a uh, doctorate program that I could do while I'm working full time. Um, I kind of always thought, okay, I'm going to do that after I get married and have kids and the kids are a little bit older and, you know, but then I'm like, wait, why am I waiting for that? That may or I mean, hopefully it will happen, but that may or may not. So that's my goal for this year is to just really kind of figure out what next step I want to take in my career. Do I want to do more curriculum? Do I want to do leadership? Do I want to do, I don't know, educational law? Probably not, but I'm just kind of exploring. Oh, that's great. I didn't realize that um, you were kind of like wanting to eventually take the professor route. I think that's really cool. That's the, that's been the goal. We'll see, right? Like I want to do some research because I am really happy in the classroom too, Mm -hmm. but. The plans, you're right, plans always change. There's no way of actually, you know, guaranteeing what's going to happen, but that's cool. I didn't know that that was something that you were aspiring to. Yeah. Um, I guess for me professionally, I'm definitely not anywhere to where I expected I would be professionally. I had a very, very different view of my professional future. And um, I don't know, I guess for for me, I'm just, because my life has gone in such a total opposite direction and like completely shaped my mindset in a very different way, my goal is to continue to establish passive income through my art business. And that's something that I've always wanted to find a way to create passive income. That's something that's changed a little bit compared to like five years ago, whereas I still want to do passive income, but my purpose behind it has changed. So before it was more just like, I'm 25 and I want to be free and I want to travel the world and just see everything. Be a nomad. Be a digital nomad. Yes, I still dream of being a digital (laughs) nomad. I still love that. I I kind of of are. I kind of am, but I'm just kind of stuck in limbo right now where I can't really do everything that I want to do. But I am definitely pretty nomadic and definitely do all of my work digitally. So I think that qualifies. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I think now as I'm getting older and I start to think about having like the fact that I worked overseas and I've worked for like Pretty all of my long-term jobs that I've had since graduation have been for companies outside of the U.S. Right. So I don't have like a retirement fund or a 401k or anything like that. 
And I never really felt concerned about putting money into it. But as I'm getting older, of course, I start to think about that kind of thing. But I also know that retirement's kind of a pipe dream for a lot of us. Right. And so that is another major motivator for passive income at this point, because I want to be able to keep having checks come in even when I'm not working or when I'm not able to work, you know? Yeah. So it's almost a way of me trying to find out how to build up my own sort of retirement fund. And I know that's going to need a lot of, a lot of things are going to change just based on what platforms and things are around in the future. There's really no way of knowing, but, but I will start investing too a bit more with that passive income. So. All right, and to wrap things up completely, let's talk, I guess, lastly about like health and wellness. And if any, if you have any goals relating to that, and if so, how are they affected by realizing we're entering a new decade? Okay, so I want to give a quick content warning. If you're um, affected or triggered by talking about weight loss, you might want to just skip ahead a little bit because I know that can be kind of a tough topic. Uh, so my goal... Um, is to lose weight. And I don't like to say it like that, but that's just kind of where I'm at right now, especially with getting older with the pandemic. I've gained about 30 pounds. Um, Relatable. Yeah. Like I just, and it's not that I don't love my body or love myself. I have days where I do. I have days where I don't, but I just really kind of want to get this um, under control, I guess. I don't think that talking about, I don't know, personally, I don't want to get into like Get my, I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth or anything. I, I feel like I have a very like well-rounded, holistic approach to health in general, and I would never say anything to try to like hurt anybody in regards to body image or anything. Yeah. But I feel like apart from, I don't know, I feel like apart from losing weight simply because of the number on the scale, it's not, it doesn't have to be about that, right? It doesn't right. have to be about losing 30 pounds. It's, it can be about just wanting to feel... Fit in my clothes. <laughs> Well, yes, but that's also still like, you know, a superficial thing. I was thinking like for me, and this is something that I was going to say, I also want to lose weight, but it's, I guess that's not my main goal. My main goal is to be healthier. Yeah. Yeah. And not to take my body and what it does for granted. Like it, it shows up for me every single day and it allows me to move. Like I'm very grateful for all the things that my body is capable of doing still. And so I think my mindset is shifting as I've gotten older to do things, to eat better, to exercise, to move purely out of respect for my body. I love that. I love framing it like that. And I try to, but sometimes I'm in that headspace where I'm, I, I can't. And I think that's where it, let us. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I did say like the content warning because I yeah. don't want to catch people off guard. I'm glad that you did because, you know, sometimes you have to, like it, it hits everyone a little bit differently and everyone's at different points in their relationships with themselves and their body. But mm-hmm. yeah, for me, it's, it's a way of like showing love and respect to myself and, you know, just kind of thanking my body for doing everything that it's done for me is like, yeah, it's okay. Go have the cookies. If you want to have cookies, I love cookies. Like go have ice cream, whatever. But like, there's no point in I don't know, shaming ourselves. Like you just have to listen to your body. And if the thing that your body's telling you right now is that it wants to eat a whole tub of ice cream because you're hormonal and we're women and that's what happens, then like, fine. Go for it. Do it. (laughs) By all means, do it. I'm not here to demonize any kind of activity like that. I know that I don't have perfect habits, but I think the mindset shift is like probably the most important thing to be engaging in health for yourself like for actually just you know work like functioning fully Mm. like optimally I guess and so I don't know 
it's all it's definitely something I have to work on for sure but I like I like where my headspace is now yeah you have a really healthy approach to that which I appreciate because we've chatted about this throughout the weekend it's not easy and like you know I mean you've seen me this weekend too I indulge in things I still have like a can of coke a day Eh, there's worse things (laughs) I shouldn't have I know that it's not good especially compounding but I can't help it that like the brand brings some kind of I don't know just like nostalgia it's capitalism it's terrible yeah the marketing but also it's like my dad's go-to drink and so for me when I was a kid that was like a connection between me and my dad was our love for coke and so I think that that's something too that I struggle with now when I'm older is like if I abandon coca-cola am I abandoning my dad you like attach these values to Mm -hmm. things that don't actually mean anything you know like that's not realistically what's happening but anyway yeah I think that it's wrong to talk about health in a way that makes it so black and white and I think that it is a lot deeper (laughs) I mean it can you know stem from your childhood like I just said you know certain habits can be just things that you know you're holding on to sentimentally anyway if anyone out there is on your journey which I think we all are yeah. we're all let on a health journey you relate, please. Yeah, let us know <laughs> if you're comfortable talking about it let us know if you relate um none of it has to go on the podcast or anything but just like you know conversations between Rachel and I and between me and Rachel bad grammar <laughs> my bad but yeah like conversations between just between us and just sharing those things and just knowing that you know we're we're all going through it and yeah. we're all trying our best and nobody should be shamed in any way nobody should feel bad about their body and screw society because there is a growing mass of women who are just there to support each other yes and tell you that you're beautiful because you are love it Thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and hopefully a nice little break for everyone else from having to listen to just my voice the entire time. (laughs) But really, it was great to hear your perspective and thank you so much for sharing different concerns that you have and your experiences throughout the last 10 years with us. And yeah, I think uh, everyone probably appreciates it just as much as I do. So Thanks for having me. It was so fun. It's been one of my goals for a long time to be a guest on a podcast. So. I'm so glad. Yes. <laughs> so glad I was able to help you fulfill that. Well, um, how can people find you if they want to keep up with you in your journey? Sure. Um, you can connect with me on social media at Rach underscore underscore Jane. Um, my accounts are private, but as long as you are not a 12 year old seventh grader, I would be happy to connect with you. I love that. All right. Well, like I said, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show and for everyone else, I will see you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Girl Meets 30. If you're looking for more ways to engage in these discussions about growing ourselves through this chaotic, beautiful mess we call life, then come join the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at girlmeets30. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star rating and a follow on your preferred listening platform. Thanks again for your support, and I'll catch you guys next week.